No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Elijah passes his mantle to Elisha, and Elisha cuts all ties to follow Elijah. It's a lesson in the adventure and sacrifice of discipleship. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Kings chapter 19 on Simply the Bible. I am at that stage of life where I'm watching the next generation come up. Namely, my son is one of my assistant pastors, and I see the influence he has with his generation. I see his youth ministry staff gathering around him, and he casting vision to them, and it it just thrills me. He thinks out of the box, and it's a delight to share with him in the things of the ministry. Now, when we talk about passing the mantle to the next generation, this is truly important. I recall years ago hearing a story about the great conductor Leonard Bernstein. In his senior years, he became increasingly interested in mentoring the next generation of orchestral conductors. He realized that he had things to share and they had things that they needed to learn. And so he gave himself to doing that in his later years. Now today we see as the premier prophet of God, Elijah literally passing his mantle to Elisha, who would be the prophet to the next generation in Israel. Not only do their names sound similar, but Elisha would walk in the footsteps of his mentor, Elijah. Following Elijah's great victory on Mount Carmel, and the execution of the 450 prophets of Baal, Jezebel threatened to kill Elijah. He became so frightened that he escaped to Beersheba in the south of Judah and then went another 200 more miles to Mount Sinai where the Lord met with him. Elijah felt that he was the only one left in Israel who was serving Yahweh faithfully. But God told him that he had reserved 7,000 who had not bowed the knee to Baal. Even in the darkest times, God reserves those who are loyal to him. We call this the remnant of believers, and it is amazing what God can accomplish with them. We have seen what God did with Gideon and 300 men against the mighty Midianite army, And God has his Gideons in every generation who are faithfully serving him, unaware of what God has in store. Elisha was such a man. Since Elijah wanted to retire, God appointed a replacement for him. Elijah was to leave Mount Sinai, go back to Israel, and anoint Elisha to be prophet in his place. We continue in 1 Kings 19, 19. So Elijah departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, 
Go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Elisha is a case study in the kind of person that God uses. Let us look at six characteristics of Elisha that made him a servant of the Lord who would become the next prophet of Israel. First, we see that Elisha was occupied. He was plowing his father's field with the oxen. We think of young David who was taking care of his father's sheep as a shepherd when the Lord called him. So it is that God calls people who are busy about their father's business. They're diligent. They're not lazy. They're industrious. And those are the people that God chooses. Why? Because he doesn't want lazy people working for him. He wants diligent people working for him. Jesus gave a parable, the parable of the 10 minus in Luke chapter 19. And in it, the master gave each of his 10 servants, 10 minas, which was about 10 pounds of silver. And he said, do business till I come. Invest it. Do something with it. Make more money. You know, make a profit. And then I will come back. And of course, when he did come back, uh, the one of them had taken the 10 minas and earned 10 more. Another had taken the 10 minas and earned five more. And he commended both of those servants. But then one servant said, well, look, I know you're a hard man, so I just hid the mina and here it is. I'm giving it back to you. And he said, you wicked servant, if you knew I'm a hard man, then you should have at least put it with the bankers. Then I could have come back and received interest with it. And so the idea here is to be industrious, diligent with what it is God has given to us. And certainly Elisha was that sort of a person occupied. I have found that if I have something that I want to get done, I don't look for people that seem to have plenty of time on their hands. I look for the people that usually don't have much time on their hands because they're busy doing stuff and they will manage to squeeze in another thing and you know that they'll get it done or they probably will get it done before you need it because they're just diligent people. Second, we see that Elisha came from a wealthy family. Now, that's not a prerequisite to being used by God, certainly not, but it is an observation. For Shaphat, Elisha's father, to own 12 yoke of oxen, that's 24 oxen total, well, that meant that he was better off than most of the families in Israel. That's important to point out because Elisha could have stayed home and enjoyed a comfortable living working on his father's farm. Third, Elisha was called by God and anointed by Elijah. It's important that we know what we are called to do. And really the highest calling is not necessarily to be a prophet or a pastor or even to be in full-time ministry. It, what's the highest calling is simply knowing what it is that God has called you to do, what he's gifted you for what he's called you to do. You ought to be able to say, this I do by the will of God and know that you are called to it, whether you're called to be a prophet or a plumber. Fourth, Elijah was willing to go. When Elijah threw the mantle 
upon him. He said, wait, you know, I'm, I, let me go say goodbye to my parents and, and then I'll come and follow you. Now, his conduct seems to contradict what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 61, where another said to the Lord, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, this man with whom Jesus spoke had hesitations and reservations about following the Lord, and the Lord knew it. And who knows how long it would have taken him to bid his family farewell. Elisha, on the other hand, was wholehearted in his obedience. Out of respect for his parents, he simply wanted to let them know about his new career so that they wouldn't worry. Now, it's interesting the way Elijah responded to Elisha at this point. Elijah said, go back again for what have I done to you? Now, what does that mean? I think what it means is that Elijah is saying, look, you do whatever you think you need to do. You know, it's not me that you're serving. I'm just letting you know that you're anointed by God and it's the Lord that you need to serve. So it's between you and the Lord kind of a thing. And I have found that that's really true, that when people feel called into the ministry, I just encourage them to seek the Lord. You know, I don't want to tell them what to do. I don't want to tell them where where they're to go or anything else. Number one, I don't want the responsibility. But number two, they have to find that out from the Lord themselves because that's the only way uh, you'll know it. You're not there to serve people. You're there to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Fifth, Elisha was determined. I love what Elisha did here. As soon as he turned back from Elijah, he took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and then gave it to the people and they ate. They had a big sort of going away party. Now, the whole thing here is that Elisha was cutting his ties to the old life. He was burning his bridges. There was no way that when the the going got rough, he could go back to the father's farm, you know, and, and have an easier go of it. He was burning that bridge so that there was no turning back. My grandfather, I loved him. He was such an inspiration to me, he and my grandmother. But his favorite uh, worship song was, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. You know, no turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. That, that's what I get from Elisha. He was determined he wasn't going to go back. He slaughtered the oxen, and, uh, and so he was going to follow Elijah no matter what. And God blesses that kind of faithful resolve. Sixth, Elisha was a servant. Now, he would spend the next six years of his life serving Elijah. And at one point, he would simply pour water on the hands of Elijah. Now, you know, Probably he was pretty well off, probably had servants working for him on his father's farm, but here now he would be the servant. And and how similar that is to Jesus. Jesus, who, you know, was at the right hand of God in glory, having the angels serving him, and yet was willing to humble himself and become a servant and become obedient even to the point of death, emptying himself 
to be the servant of all. And so, you know, he said to his disciples, look, you know, you guys are arguing about who's greatest in the kingdom. Let me tell you something. The greatest among you is the one who serves. And you're to be the servant of all, just as the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And then he showed his disciples what that looks like by stooping down, washing their feet, taking the lowest position and saying, okay, I've done this as an example. Now do likewise. If we're going to be used by God, we need to be a servant of the Lord. We need to be a servant of people and willingly do it. And of course they say, the way to know if really you are a servant, if you have a servant's heart, is to watch yourself. How do you react when somebody treats you like a servant? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4.2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Now, the beautiful thing about Elisha is that he would be a faithful servant to Elijah. I was told early on in my ministry, before God ever gives you your own vision, he's going to first require that you be the servant of another person's vision before you know he'll give you a vision of your own. And clearly, That's the way Elisha was. Now, at the end of those six years, God would come for Elijah with a chariot and Elisha would see Elijah being carried up into heaven. And and before he said, Elijah, look, just promise me that I'll get a double portion of your spirit. And Elisha said, well, if you see me when I leave, then it'll be yours. And sure enough, uh, he did. And Elisha did receive that double portion because he was a good and faithful servant of the Lord. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll see where Ben Hayden of Syria lays siege to Israel and demands much spoil from King Ahab. But the Lord tells Ahab that he will deliver Syria into his hands. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Kings on Simply the Bible.